Welcome to Paranormal Heart, a place where people can talk about their paranormal experiences. With your host, Cat Ward. Welcome back, folks, to Paranormal Heart Podcast. I have another great episode for you tonight. I am joined by founder of White House Investigations, Chris Whitehouse, and his sister, Becky Kenley. Chris and Becky discuss some paranormal experiences they've had, and we touch on what it's like investigating across the pond in the UK compared to here in Canada. I want to give a shout out to my friend, Rochelle Webb. She's a friend of mine from Alberta, and I haven't seen her since we moved back to Ontario. And we were just chatting the other day and told me that she listens to the show whenever she can. And so I just want to say I appreciate that, Rochelle. Thank you so much. Give my best to Mike and everybody else back there. Love you. Thank you so much. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or have questions, comments, or just want to say hello, drop me an email at paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. And if you enjoy the show, please like, share, subscribe, and comment. It's one of the many ways to show your support. New episodes are released on the second and last Sunday of each month at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can find me on YouTube, Podbean, KPNL Digital Network on Thursday nights, and any place you find fine podcasts. Now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to Paranormal Heart. Hi. Hi. How are you two? Brilliant, yeah, thank you, yeah. Yeah, yeah really good. Really, uh, thank you for inviting us on your podcast. Oh, thank you so much for being on. As uh, I mentioned before we started to record, this is exciting for me because I think this is the third time that I've spoken with someone across the pond in the UK. So um, it's, you know, North America is fine. You know, I loved every guest, uh, but it's just nice to be able to speak with people from other countries uh, other than the United States and Canada. So this this is a real treat for me. Yeah, yeah, well, us too. We've we've only just sort of got into the podcast world. We're hitting quite a few over over your way, and as I mentioned to you, we sort of got a little bit of a partnership slot going on there. Another one over there in from New York. Warped reality. Warped reality. Yes. Actually, uh, him and I will be recording on the twenty third. I believe it is. Oh, excellent! Yeah. He's a lovely guy. Yeah, I love his show. I listened to a couple episodes already, and he's doing quite well. Yeah. So before we get into um, some stories, would you like to introduce yourselves first to my listeners? Uh, yeah, well, I'm Chris Whitehouse. Uh, I, I founded the team. And then this is my sister. Hi, I'm Becky. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm Chris's sister, and I'm also part of the team. Nice. So, Chris, how long have you had the team? Um, well, I started investigating 11 years ago. This formation of the team is ones that I originally started but I used to be called Otherworld Investigations and I merged with a friend's team and then we unmerged and I kind of rebranded, but it's all the same people. So, you know, I effectively, I've just still been doing this team for, for 11 years and a bit. Nice. And Becky, so, Becky, you said it's been how many years with you? I forgot. 
Yeah, so on and off, I've kind of been mm. on investigations, but I've fully sort of been in, in the team um, for about three years now. Um, but yes, I've always been, it's always been something that I'm interested in. I've been interested in it since I was a child, so. We actually went on our first investigation together, didn't we? The yeah. first time I delved into it, we went, we went just together, yeah. It was years and years and years ago, mm. wasn't it? Would you like to yeah. walk us through that investigation, your first one together? Sure, yeah. Uh, well, it, it got to the phase where after watching all the TV programmes, reading all you know the books, for all my life, I, I thought, you know what, there's only one thing to do now, and that's to get hands-on. And I happened to search for ghost hunts in my area, and there was one in a fortnight's time, like half a mile down the road, and I thought, this is like fortune saying it's go time. So I messaged my sister, said, do you fancy going here? And we went with such an understanding of, we are going to debunk this. We are going to un unleash, you know, scepticism on this team. And we're going to show them for the frauds that they are. <laughs> and, you know, we'll prove that Ouija boards are just idiomotor effects. And yeah, blast this thing wide open. It didn't really go like that, you know, <laughs> to the point where we were saying if we both go on a Ouija board or touching a glass, we'll sit opposite each other so we can defend our sides of the board. Uh, and, and, yeah, we, we, we learned that night that there was many more questions to come. So, yeah, that, that, it was a fairly good night. I mean, I know you had some something move underneath you. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was sat on um, a table um, with my feet weren't touching the floor. It was quite a big table, and I think you said move, move that table, or you you asked the spirit to move something. The the table literally jumped with me sitting on it. Oh, wow. So that was the first experience I'd ever had, and I think we left the investigation with far more questions yeah. than answers. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it was good. It was great. Now most investigators. They've grown up in a haunted house or had experiences from a young age. Was that the same with you two? Uh, not with Becky, but yes, I grew up in a, a bakery that troubled me. Uh, I was about six when I saw something that defined my life, for sure, and that would be a black shape at the end of my bed. Um, in the shape of a gingerbread man, if you sort of arms outstretched, legs yeah. outstretched, hovering in, in darker than the darkness of my room. And that was all it took, really, to, to uh, first of all, just seconds before I looked, it wafted my covers like you do on a hot night. Mm -hmm. So I felt the covers lift off me and this cool breeze go down my body which made me think it was apparent. So I looked up and saw this black hovering shape and, and I just screamed that hard that nothing came out and I just kept screaming for my parents. Anyway, I spent the night under my covers and by the morning, I'm telling all the family, I saw this thing last night and not a single person believed me. Now, growing up, I also had the, the flashback of... Well, I was young, I was a kid. How can I know that I saw this thing? But the fact of the matter is, even tonight, I'll go to bed holding my covers down. I can no longer sleep from that time when I was six. I don't think ordinary bad dreams affect you forever. It stayed with you. Yeah. 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 
So I still have that emotional connection to that one night. Uh, and then when I uh, lived in my first house, that had something to it as well. Other people saw spirits in that house and I just had weird activity. The, you know, the usual telly coming on in the middle of the night and scaring you uh, and things being placed in in the middle of my floor where I remote controls and stuff. And I'm like, well, I did not put that there and I would never put that there. So those sort of oddities, doors opening, that was a big one. I'd sit in the cellar in a little, little cinema room and the door would just suddenly open as if someone was coming in. And you challenged it once, didn't you, as you were walking up the stairs? Yeah, I, I pulled it tight into the door frame, walked up into the, the main house and said, try and open that then. And, <laughs> no. and as I got into, the, try, tried, got into the kitchen, I just heard this squeaking in the frame and then the door opened and I just, I, I, this is before I ghosted, I just ran into the attic as far away as I could and then thought, well, now I'm trapped in the attic. You know, as silence kept on for a few minutes, I thought, well, I guess nothing's chasing me. And I went down and, and left for the evening. Um, but, yeah, as, as I say, I was into ghosts, but I wasn't into ghost hunting at that stage. And it's different when it's in your own home, isn't it? it I is. think your home is almost a safe space. Yep. So to have something that you didn't know who it was, what it was, what it wanted, yeah. to have that in your safe space is different to going out to a location yeah. and investigating and coming home and feeling safe. So exactly. I think it is different. You've never had any... Have you ever had anything in your houses? No, thank God. I don't <laughs> think I could. I don't think I could cope with that. But no, I have nothing in my house. No, mm. nothing... Uh, mums and, and you slept in my house oh yeah so you? let's just um let's just tell you this little piece of information so when i used to go and stay at chris's house he had a bed in the attic of this house that he was just talking about and he used to get me to sleep up there so regularly i'd shout him i didn't want to sleep up there and he used to have to carry the mattress down mm. the stairs you <laughs> know? um but yeah it was there was definitely something in that house definitely do you remember yeah, how old the building was uh, yes, it was born. It was born. It was created in 1900, uh, and I always thought. I, I used to think at the time, well, oh, that's quite modern. But now, when I hear, I see other buildings, and it has the stonework with the dates carved onto them. I'm like, that is that is quite long. It's turn of the century. Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. that is quite old. And it wasn't just the fact that that it was haunted. It was it, the house itself was stuck on. Um, the corner of an L shape. It's called a gable end terrace, and it's just almost like squished into the end of the L. These were all mill houses for um, local factories and stuff. Um, now the spirit was seen by my friend, a carpenter, renovating my house for me to sell, uh, and he left, fled without his tools, uh, and also my completely sceptical ex-wife. She sort of did a double take in the middle of the night, looked down the stairs and were like, I just saw a woman on the stairs. Now, she came back out thinking, I can't tell Chris I saw a woman. I'm going to go and find out what shadow <laughs> it was, what coat it was. And she goes, I went out and I couldn't see anything that would even cause that shadow. 
So, you know... It was I, always on the stairs, wasn't it? It the was stairs, the stairs, yeah. or the cellar stairs, or there was something about the stairs. Yeah, three sets of stairs, you know, from the attic, from the, the bedrooms, and then into the cellar. And I don't know what it was, but I know that the carpenter said when he saw this spirit of the woman, he actually had a sense of, of calm, not of threat. Mm. Whereas I felt a very horrible presence. I'd feel so unwelcome um, when I went back. From uh, The more I was out of there, I'd go back and feel very unwelcome, yeah. Do you think it was the same entity that you and your carpenter friend were seeing? Yes. Yes, I do. I do think there was only one. Um, I can't. I don't have evidence for that, but it just... I have this feeling that it, it knew me and it was disapproving of me, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I was doing something. Probably all my artwork was very horror, gothic, mm-hmm. you know? I had a Ouija board. I would leave the Ouija board out on my floor with a planchette on it sometimes thinking... Well, move it. I'm not going to touch it. But if you want, if you want me to come down in the morning and see that that's moved, I'll take that as a sign. Things like that. I don't think it likes that. You know. Did they ever move the planchette? No. 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 But other things, yeah. The doors. Yeah. The TV coming on. The animals, animals would yeah, appear. Yeah, yeah, the animals. Animals would appear. Day, really. I would come down and and I'd be hungover in those days, the days of drinking, <laughs> and. Close my eyes just to rest my eyes on a hungover afternoon. Open my eyes and there'd be a mouse, a dead mouse with its tail perfectly straight right in front of my television. And I'm like, well, where's that come from? Hmm. You're like an offering, you know? And then another day there was a bird. I came down and there was a bird in my living room. And then on a hot, hot summer's day that I had my front door open, there's a bat. There's a bat in my living room. And I'm like, well, you shouldn't even be out. What, what are you doing in my living room? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was like, that's These strange. Things. Yeah, it was a it was a sign for me, but I don't know what it meant. Yeah, it's like thank you for leaving these offerings or leaving a sign, but could you kind of explain why these are appearing? Yeah. Yeah. What we'll take from that, I don't know. Wow. Now, so. do you ever recall any strange smells or temperature shifts during any of these? No, no, I never had that. It was all physical. You had as well when you were down in the cellar, you were expecting your friend. At the walking above the living room. I did. I did hear somebody walk into my living room moments before my friend actually turned up to walk into my living room. So I'm, I'm thinking, well, what's he doing? He knows I'm down here. We, yeah. We're going to watch a film, you know. So he's walking across my above my head. And I'm like, I'm down here. And then I hear his car pull up and the door open and and he walks. And I'm thinking, well, he's not said I've bumped into anybody. Things like that. Just a lot of things that are on their own, you could probably disprove them. But when everything's happening at once, it's a bit unusual. I think as soon as you've got into your head that you've got a spirit that comes and goes, everything gets very muddy. And, and you forget the times where you then realise it was the neighbour, all those false alarms. It just becomes like, oh, everything was at me, but I can't remember what I debunked and what, what I didn't. But as I say, I would provoke it by leaving a Ouija board out. Now, that's probably psychologically not very good for myself. 
as well, you know, in those days. Yeah. They probably didn't move the planchette or anything like that. Just just to spite you, it was like, yeah, just because you asked doesn't mean I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah. I will move other things. Yeah. I was very down in that house as well. Very, very down. And as soon as I left that house, mm-hmm. I was never down again. It was heavy, wasn't it? Heavy, yeah. Mm. Definitely something with the building. Yeah. Did you ever yeah. look into the history of the building? Uh, no, to be honest. And you have tried, you have put your card through the door, haven't you? But I no. put my ghost hunting card through saying, I used to live here, any activity, <laughs> let me know. Oh, really? But I drove past it just the other day and I'm, I'm still scared of that house because I had nightmares up until two years ago and I would understand i'd be like oh god damn it i'm here again i'm in this damn house in my dream and i would be chased down the stairs and that is the same kind of dream that i had in the bakery after seeing that early apparition i would also have nightmares of being chased downstairs don't know what that means but Hmm. something something i often have being chased like by by a force yeah perhaps it means and I'm no expert when it comes to dream analysis uh, but it sounds like you're running from something uh, perhaps that entity from from uh, from that building yeah yeah as I say I think I've, I've covered it now because I wrote about it for an upcoming book that we both sort of got coming out oh. um, and yeah I think that's now that's got it out mm-hmm. I've not had a nightmare since. But. It was almost, I think, writing those chapters was almost confronting it. Mm. I think you've probably hidden it and not thought about it for so long, although it was quite difficult to write about. I think now that you have, you've almost looked it in the face almost. Mm. You've faced your fear. Yeah. Yeah, because now I investigate. I'm in those positions all the time, whereas, you know, for the first 30 years or plus, I, I wasn't doing that. Do you have... Um... A time frame when the book will, will be released? We're hoping this Halloween. It will be. Oh. It will be. I know Becky will have done her editing part. It's just whether I can get to grips with the whole getting it, getting it on Amazon and, you know, Amazon's direct printing thing. Do you yeah. have a title? And if so, would you like to share the title? Yeah, it's going to be called um, Into the Darkness. Uh, I'm already going to do the continuation further into the darkness. Uh, but I've not started writing that yet. It's basically as stories we've spoke about and our investigations. Um, yeah, it's good, isn't it? It is really good. It's definitely worth the read. Oh, please let me know when it's out. I'd like to buy it. Thank you. Yeah, I'm interested great. in reading it. And then, yeah. of course, all over my social media platforms, I'll I'll uh, share that as well once it gets released. Thank much, you. Much appreciated. So, what made you decide to start um, investigating the paranormal? A complete obsession since that childhood thing, I guess. Uh, I don't remember what came first, the the spirit that I saw or my obsession. It goes back to, I know, all I know is that in primary school, in the in, when I was four or five, I started um, what I called the ghost gang with other children who were interested in ghosts. Oh, I and love I had, that. I had like one story, you know. I'm like, I have this one story that nobody believed. Did uh, you make them all go into the toilets? Yeah, and yeah. I said, well, where can we investigate? We'll investigate the school toilets because the caretaker was supposed to haunt the, care- the the toilets because 
in every school. school. <laughs> <laughs> so being so young, yeah, we walked into the toilets. I said, ghost, show yourself. Is there anyone in here? And nothing happened. And so I said, this toilet is not haunted. And, that was that. <laughs> yeah. and how old were you again? Yeah, five or six. Oh, I love months. that. Yeah. Do you still talk with... Again. Are you still in touch with people that were part of the ghost crew? No, no. We went through school together, but we weren't yeah. friends, friends, you know. Too bad you couldn't uh, find them and see what they're doing. Maybe they're investigators as well. <laughs> yeah, I've never thought of that. Yeah. That would be weird, wouldn't it? Yeah, you should yeah. search social media and whatnot and see what you can find and maybe yeah. uh, do an investigation together if they are. That would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. I, I, I know they are on Facebook. I could reach out but yeah every uh, christmas and bank holiday sorry and birthday i'd ask my mother for books on the paranormal but you know through the 80s even the 90s until most haunted and these shows started coming out it was really difficult to get proper books i think the library had about eight books uh you know and there's the book what was the book called the that one yeah there was a book that you lent me when i was about i don't know maybe 10 and I was just obsessed with it I remember going to um like a holiday club when it was the summer holidays and I just sat in a tent in the in the the school hall and I, I just read it and read it and I, I remember I've had these vivid nightmares but it's so mm. good it's a great it's book the Usborn's book Supernatural World it's had it's reprinted recently and it had either three separate ones doing like UFOs ghosts and ESP, stuff like that, mom, werewolves, but the ghost part really, really, um, yeah, really shone to me. It was my cousin's book, and I, I asked him to lend me it, and I do remember thinking, if you don't lend me it, I am going to kill you for it, <laughs> you know? I was like, I need this book so bad, you don't understand. And luckily he was like, wow, you need this book, don't you? Thankfully. So, yeah, <laughs> lent me it for a couple of weeks. And then I actually don't have that copy, but I, I managed to get hold of a second-hand copy. Uh, an original, you know, it's battered and it's but such a wonderful book. Now, growing up, like over here in Canada, like when I was when I was a little girl, I'd go to the libraries or even as a teenager and I'd ask for books on on uh, the paranormal and ghosts and all that. And they used to always say, you know, you know, ghosts aren't real. And, you know, and I just like I want books like on real ghost stories. Did you ever have anything like that with the librarians there as well? Um, well, I I didn't get any of those books out when i when i looked at them mm -hmm. it was all text and at that young age i wasn't looking for that yeah hard reading and but as you say all the tv programs we had we have like the bbc over here and yep. they would obviously do an hour of very serious approach ghosts what do we think and it would always end with the tone of probably not <laughs> probably nonsense you know yeah. and there was a very much uh fanciful ideas right ghosts but it's the same as anything else that doesn't exist it's fun but it doesn't exist you know you have arthur c clark you know renowned mm -hmm. author and he would do all the programs and he seemed like a, a a great guy to be doing it but he didn't truly believe it i don't think he was like science doesn't really allow that sort of thing to happen and you know. And also, talking of scepticism with people as you're growing up, um, our mum, 
I remember growing up, um, Chris is um, a bit older than me, I remember growing up in, in our house and talking to my mum about, you know, these, about ghost stories and, and this, that and the other. And she would always shoot me down. No, it's not real. It's nonsense. However, as I've grown older and now we investigate, I talk to mum about, you know, different things that have happened and she's like, oh my gosh, you know, oh God, we, you know, we're going to a house in October and we've been before as a team, we're, we're all going, we're staying the night, staying two nights actually, and we know that there is going to be some pretty serious activity and she was almost begging me, please don't go, you know, <laughs> do not do it. And I think, well, if you were that sceptical and you didn't yeah. believe it, you wouldn't care. So exactly. I think people almost tell themselves it's not real so that they don't have to open their eyes to yep. it. Yeah, and we try to rationalize the strange encounter we just had to make it logical as to what we just witnessed. And um, we just kind of, our brain just naturally fills in the blank. So a lot of people just, they don't want to know anything about it. They just want to think that, yeah, the house is shifting or, or whatever. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, which yeah. makes sense mm. to rationalize things. But then some when you get things that happen that you know shouldn't, be like that. I threw a ring out, my wedding ring, and I buried it in ink at work. And then I had the regret of, I'm normally a keepsake kind of guy. And I thought, well, what's done is done. The ink got collected. I'd never see it again. And then it turned up in my work bag and it was presented to me on a scarf as soon as I opened the lid of the bag. And I'm like, that's impossible because just the way that I throw it over, go into it for my lunch. I thought there's no way a ring would be perfectly sat presented on top of, of, of my bag. Especially when you flipped it. Yeah, I'd yeah. seen it go. And I was like, well, I, I get your message, universe. There's something else at play. You know, I've, I've had that with, it sounds redundant really, but missing lips. So, I'm very one for putting things in a certain place. You know how keys go missing yes. because they're the things you notice. This Lipsil, it was in the Lipsil spot, and then it wasn't in the Lipsil spot. And I'm like, <laughs> well, if it's not there, then it shouldn't. Anyway, it appeared days later in the spot. I'm like, I know. I know what's <laughs> happening here. You know, you think you're funny, but... Yeah. Have you ever done this? Uh, for example, keys, you, you always keep them in the same spot and you're looking and looking and looking. And you can't for the love of life of you find them. You ask family members, could you help me find them? And then one of my children would say, Mom, it's right there where it's supposed to be. I'm like, no, it wasn't yeah. there a minute ago. <laughs> you know, yeah. it just because I've actually out loud said, you know, to whatever entity, this isn't funny anymore. I really am looking. Just put it back. And, you know, we'll be done. And then you look again a few minutes later and there it is. And I just kind of chuckle and look look up into the to the sky and say thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah, it does happen. It's amazing how that can happen no matter what country you're in because, you know, so many people around the world say things like that. Well, I found that on cases that when I go, the claims are very similar. Things go missing and then turn up. On, or they turn up in weird spots. And I'm like, yes, because that's how they they get you to notice them. Mm -hmm. You've not, they're, they're stood in front of you, waving invisible hands. You can't see them. What better thing to do than, all right, then, I'm going to move your stuff. And <laughs> yep. then there's no denying. Uh, and yeah, and so they're, but they're terrified. The ringer is saying, 
we've got something horrible in our house and it turns out to be their mum. Mm, yeah. I'm like, yeah. Well, that could be terrifying. <laughs> Depends well, on the mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying, I thought you didn't believe, Mum. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right? <laughs> Who's laughing yeah. now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've told people before, too, they, they say there's something demonic in my house. My cupboard doors keep opening and closing frantically, you know, and and our team would go in, for example, and no, it's nothing demonic. They're just trying to get your attention and they're frustrated because it's like, hey, I'm right here. Why can't you see me? Why can't you hear me? And they get frustrated and start, you know, messing with, with cupboard doors and, and other things in your house. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's a demon. Yeah. No, it's just attention, isn't it? Yep. It's what, what they get noticed by. I mean, anything, what would you do if you got touched on the head, you know, and you were sure you'd been touched, you wouldn't say, oh, that's nice. Thank, thanks for letting me know the spirits, <laughs> would you? You know? Definitely yeah. not. <laughs> yeah, it's evil. It's out to yeah. 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 Well, even us as investigators will say, give us a sign, you know, or somebody will bravely say, could you touch my hand and um, or slam that door or whatever, and it happens, and we all jump and go, ah! And then it's like, okay, I'm sorry, we did ask for the, for that. I'm sorry, yeah. we sc- we screamed. Yeah, you almost just don't expect it to happen, though, do mm. you? That's the thing. Yeah. You're just surprised when it does happen. Yeah, yeah, because it doesn't always happen. You know, sometimes you're just sitting in a dark room and for hours and nothing is happening. And that's similar to the place we're going in October. I know I didn't actually go the last time, but when Chris and the rest of the team went, you were literally getting knocks on demand movement on demand yeah you know people saw somebody yeah. you know there is and the funny thing is we've looked back at you know TripAdvisor and we've looked at all of the the different accounts and there are so many people who say do not stay here you know there is something in the house this and you know you were saying two people booked in and checked out 10 minutes later yeah. because they were just couldn't be in there mm. And there, there's people like us who are like, yeah, give us that room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's the holy grail, isn't it? Yeah. Would you, are you able to share where that location is that you'll be going to in October? I can say that it's in York. And in York, there's a place called Stonegate. Uh, it's right in the centre. Now, in York, the famous section is called the Shambles. And all the houses lean in over the top of the street because they're all old and crooked yeah crooked and it's kind of in one of those isn't it b&b and it's the most awful place because the room is all slanted the main floor slanted and the walls are crooked and so it's like being in a fun house mm-hmm. you know it's messing with your senses yeah and then it's haunted you know how old is the building the Oh, I, I do not know yet. I hope to find out this time, but mm-hmm. York is medieval, you know? Yeah, because something that I've always wanted to see, because I, I love architecture as well. And, you know, North America, you know, Canada, we're very young compared to, to Europe. So the buildings yeah. that are there are so much older than Canada is, you know, um, mm. and they're still standing and some of them are businesses or, or uh, they're still family homes, which really amazes me and I would love to see buildings that old someday I mean if you look up Stonegate York it's just that well just York in general it's mm. it's surrounded by you know castle walls it's yeah 
it's a it's an amazing place and it's it's the ideal place to go if you're hunting ghosts <laughs> absolutely yeah totally so it's really yeah we're excited aren't we yeah but in, in canada is it the same where i hear that they knock down old buildings and just build new ones on top yeah, we try to preserve as many as we can, especially now. Um, they'll be uh, considered heritage homes. And yeah. uh, for example, my sister-in-law and uh, her husband, um, they have purchased a home in Ontario that's considered a heritage home. I can't remember when it was built, but it was a, a couple hundred years ago. And yeah. um, uh, they can do renovations inside, but on the outside, if they need, they have to get permission from a board yeah. to make sure that it uh, it still maintains the the heritage look. Mm -hmm. Similar to here, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. We we just protect everything, you know. It's yeah. like old buildings. It, we have so many buildings that are dilapidated and need knocking down, but you're not allowed to. <laughs> yeah. so. If you drive through London, though, you drive through London and you've got all these big banks and then in the middle of it, you've just got this tiny old chapel from, like, the 15th century. It's yeah. crazy. Oh, it's love to a see mixture that. of old and new. <laughs> yeah, that must be amazing. Yeah, it is. It is. It's it's very different. It's, it, London's just, yeah, that's probably the only place like that, really. But it is. Oh, yeah. it's, it's very, you can sort of walk, walk down the street and see a mixture of everything. It's like the past has been brought to the present. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many places that, as I say, they're, they're untouched. Yeah. Even Hadrian's Wall, it's such a, a massively long wall and the ruins are still there. And people go to visit this wall just because it's so old. Mm -hmm. You know, and foundations of buildings that aren't long... Well, that's like York for a start, isn't yeah. it? They, they just un uncovered so many Viking settlements and... You know, it's like you're just not allowed to, to, to ruin it. We really, really do protect the past. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's good to hear. Can you walk us through what a typical investigation would be like for you? I would just, I, I'm curious to see if it's pretty much the same as here. Yeah, I pretty much do the same thing every time. I will I try and start small. So we'll go into a location. We will personally do protection and, and then I would like to always do baseline readings with the K2 and the EMF. I don't want to be talking to a lamp, you know, <laughs> later on. So if we all know where the hotspots are, we can ignore that. So we get, get a level playing field. I'll sit down with my table with a yes and no on and we'll put a planchette on. And so we'll start small. I'll ask for noises. I'll ask for, you know, EVPs, anything that... that we're not touching. Give us something now if you're here. Move, you know, give us a sign. Um, and as you know, things get stronger the longer you're there. So we might get some glass movement on the yes-no table. It's, you know, it's not a Ouija board, so I'm saying, look, it's harmless. Um, yeah, uh, then I'll say, now are we all right to, now you've got our trust, are you all right if I put the Ouija board on the table? Because not everyone, not every spirit is into the Ouija board for religious reasons, perhaps. Um, and so once we've got communication that way, we'll pretty much talk to them. Um, some nights it's garbled. Some nights it's like you're talking to an angel or something. They will give you as loads of information about the afterlife. 
and how it operates. And that's what I end up going down a bit of a rabbit hole. Whereas other members of the team are like, no, no, I just want to know about their lives. I want to know their families. Whereas I'm like, what's the afterlife actually like? You know, do you have shops? And what colour is the, you know, the fields, you know? So we're all sort of, yeah, trying to work out different things. But it's pretty much just every every investigation is a statistic that you can say, okay, this makes another dot on the wall. And you, you look back at all the dots you've made and you get an overall picture because all the spirits are saying, yes, we all agree with each other that that's how life works, that's how reincarnation works. And you're sort of seeing this masterwork that all your investigations uh, have led towards, and I, they all agree. And one thing that, one common thing that they have all said is that passing over to the other side feels like bliss. Yeah, they say dying at the actual after death is a lovely, a lovely thing. Shred- off the weight, uh, not only worries your body, just not having your your body there anymore. They said, yeah, death is is bliss. Oh wow, that's interesting. It's kind it's of nice to know, isn't it? Yeah. It is. It is. It's very comforting. Mm. But but yeah, uh, reincarnation does seem to be a, a a large key thing. We've always been told that you're. You reincarnate seven times, meaning you've got eight existences on Earth. Uh, and they say Hinduism is the closest religion. It's not necessarily 100% correct, but they're big on reincarnation. And then when we hear uh, stories of, you know, people have tales of I died and I saw this and I came back, you know, on, on the operating table or whatever, um, they all gel with what the spirits have told us. And so our, our ears prick up and we're like, you know, there's something to this whole tale. Yeah. So what's your, what's your favourite piece of equipment that you use? Becky, we'll go with you. Oh, that's a really good question. Um, probably the Gauss. So mm-hmm. I find it, I'm, so I am, I, I would say I'm not a skeptic but I like to I look at everything very skeptically so if we asked for a knock and there was a knock I wouldn't just take it that that was a spirit I would want to make I'd want to try and find the source before we can rule it out and say you know okay well I've not got an explanation for that um but the gauss is great because we've had multiple investigations where obviously we do our baseline uh, readings we'll be in the middle of an investigation we'll ask the spirit to affect the gauss and we've had multiple occasions where it it is affected on demand isn't it and it's mm. it's you know to me that's that's science you you know that's a scientific device yeah, yeah. that's not just somebody saying someone touched me or you know you can literally see it before your eyes and you know that there is nothing else that should be affecting that piece of equipment mm. And the same way, just because uh, something goes bump in the night doesn't necessarily mean it's a spirit. I like to find the source before. Yeah. 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 Chris, what's your favorite piece? Well, talking equipment, I would say probably the Ouija board. Mm -hmm. But better than that is your own body. You know, like when I I heard footsteps at work that I was the only person there because I was just opening up. And I, I know what I heard. Uh, but what I've always said, for a ghost to interact with me, I would. Ra- I always thought I'd like to see a ghost stand right in front of me, you know, 
But now I would say no, because I will always question that. Was I hallucinating? Was I imagining? I want a ghost to slap me around the face <laughs> because I will say, okay, I didn't imagine that. You know, so that's what I'm after, really. Bodily contact. <laughs> he, tends to ask, he tends to ask the spirits to do that at the investigation. I'm quite quick to just remind the spirits that he's talking about himself. <laughs> yeah. None of the team. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not OK with that. Yeah. I'm not either. <laughs> Have you... I'm fine with him slacking him, though. That's fine. Yeah, yeah it's kind of comical, you know, comic relief. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. What's your favorite equipment you use? Oh, I think probably just a voice recorder. Um, because I, how I do it, I'll I'll hold a little uh, MP3 recorder, and I have plugged in little headsets, so I can mm -hmm. hear at the same time in case something's coming through, and and I explain, you know, this is a device to record your voice or you know, sound in particular, and I said I have these things in my ears because we don't know when they they live so that this might totally be foreign to them and i'll just say these devices help me to hear better what you know you as well but i'm also recording you so i i really i really like hearing voices come through i don't always pick them up where other people in the team will say like yeah this is what they said i'm like yeah i heard nothing <laughs> do you tend to get many evps um, I wouldn't say a whole lot, but uh, there was this one instance uh, where we did an investigation. It used to be an old military building, and, and then it was uh, an insane asylum later on. And um, I had uh, my FLIR, which kind of looks like a gun. So I also had a flashlight, one of those big mag lights, and it also shaped like a gun. And because it's an old military uh, building, I uh, we, we heard... Uh, she gun and I thought oh normally we like to explain the devices that we're holding I never even thought to do that and just mm. before that happened I thought I should probably explain my devices here and then that's when I heard she gun and I thought oh no 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 this is a flashlight and you know this is a uh, uh you know just explaining the devices to them so that was that's it just fascinates me when you hear things like that yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's good. We don't get many EVPs at all, but we're we're always asking. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You try and spread the net, ask for anything, but yeah, I, I stopped putting headphones on to do live listening because I would get so excited that every stomach grumble. <laughs> you know, because I'd hear it really loud. Did you hear that? Yeah, in my stomach. <laughs> yeah, I sorry, thought, oh, I didn't I have dinner. <laughs> can't work. Yeah, can't do this. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of an old uh, Saturday Night Live skit. Um, it was supposed to be David Acora. Um, he walks into a building and he he was a little gassy and he passed wind and the two people yeah. with him are like, oh, did you hear that? It sounded yeah. like Roger. And and he's just like, no, 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 it's nothing. And they're like, yes, can you do it again? And And of course... <laughs> He passes wind again and like, yes, it was Roger. Just, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Investigation that you two absolutely loved um, because you, you had a special experience for yourselves. Uh, something that sticks out in your mind. What's your favorite investigation? You go first. Oh, my God. I mean, I like the ones where we, we 
communicate with us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One where I guess you you come to a compromise with a spirit. Uh, you know, if a family reaches out and then usually it's like a, a previous tenant, we've had many of those, and they'll say, can you, can you put something up in my memory, uh, a vase of flowers, or oh, we had the Star of David one time, um, and you find that once you agree to that, they might want crossing over, uh, and so we sort of send them to the light in a very haphazard way. We don't know what we're doing. It's just kind of, can you see a light and can you go towards it? And is there someone there? We're talking through the Ouija board. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it all goes silent. And you're like, is there anyone there? And nothing happens. That spirit is like, I'm done. I've told you what I want and I'm gone. And then the fa- I'll say to the family, did you did you put up what they asked? Yes, and it's been quiet ever since. And you think, wow, I, I had an interaction with another soul. I, I made them happy and they left and everyone's happy. And I think those are memorable. And Bingley. Uh, yeah, well, Bingley Cemetery, yeah. I, I, that's a different kind of thing. I saw my... The only thing that I've ever seen full on... Um, in, in a summertime, and we'd been—I'd been feeling very uneasy. I don't get scared, and I was scared for no reason. I was like, I don't know why I feel we should leave, and and I was scared. And then it would pass, and then I was scared again. And I'm saying, I'm getting that feeling again. I'm getting that—we should move. We shouldn't be here. And I turn and look and see this white. Zed, I suppose, and it's like like a reared up horse, and it was a chiffon scarf looking mist. You know, I could see through mm-hmm. it, and it just gently was gliding across the cemetery, and I watched it for like three seconds, full on. So you know, normally it's like a peripheral. I thought I saw. No, I stared at it, and it went behind a massive tree, and I don't know what it was. But it seemed so, so important, you know? Um, But, yeah, that was memorable. There's loads of things that are memorable. You know, there's loads. I'm just trying to think now for me, and I think that everything, like, blends into one. I know when we were at Bingley Cemetery again, there were, me and Chris, we sort of split off into smaller groups, and we were walking um, just around the graves, and... I just heard this, it was almost like a growl, you know, um, and I, I, I just grabbed Chris and was like, did you hear that? And you didn't hear anything, did you? But then no. when we listened back to our recording, you could hear something. There was definitely something on the recording. But then from then on, that kind of made me very uneasy. Um, we went back to the Ouija board after that, and the the planchette sort of spelled out a name and it was um I think it was like a Polish name or it was a quite a, you know very different spelling mm-hmm. it was the, the first and last name and we said right where are you you know whereabouts are you around the board where are you standing or whatever and the glass moved oh it spelled it says behind 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 um Ben who's one of mm. our teammates and we thought oh gosh and we looked and I think a couple of graves back just the exact but I think one spelling one, one letter out, out but it was the spelling of, of the name on the grave um, that had been spelled out on the, the weed boards. That was, that was memorable. 
Yeah. I love it when things like that happened. Yeah. Mm. I couldn't explain that. That was, because it was pitch black, you know, it's not like anybody could have seen yeah. the grave. It was black. It was darkness. Yeah. Or when, mm. you, when you're led somewhere special with a K2 in either hand, and I'm saying, where are you buried? And like one will flash. And I'm like, these are next to each other. How is only one flashing? Mm-hmm. And then so you, all right, I'll take a left. I walked on a bit and I'm saying, where are you now? And then the other one would flash. And I'm like, in such close proximity, you know, K2 metres, the EMF metres should, you'd think, go off together when you're walking around an empty graveyard. You know, I, but, I never uh, thought to hold one in each hand and do that and yeah. get just get guided. I have to try yeah. that next time. Yeah, it's only worked once. And, and eventually... It stopped, and I was like, "Come on, I'm stood up on a pathway. I, I need to know where you are." Don't leave me hanging. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, you just got to try. It's hard to think of some things sometimes, isn't it? Um, I know there's a lot of things like apps on phones. Don't really. I like the idea of them, but in the end, you end up trying them at least. You know. Yeah. So um, blindfolds. So we've done. Um, Blindfolds will have the team around the table blindfolded. You'll have different colours on, uh, you know, a different colour on the board. Maybe, I don't know, pens or whatever. Mm. And you'll ask the glass. Everybody blindfolded will put the finger on the glass and you'll ask the glass to, the spirits move the glass to, you know, blue, for example. And obviously everybody around the table has no idea where blue is. And we've had it on a number of occasions where it, it gets it right, you know. Mm. So that's that's a really good one to try as well. That's a good well. idea. My my favourite is to trick the team. I'll say to the team, I'm going to go and write um, a number or a letter, whichever, um, on on a whiteboard or a piece of paper. And so the team are out of the equation. Well, let's say I'm going to say I'm writing a number between 1 and 10. So the, the, all the, the living have probably got a number in their head, what they think I'm going to write. And I'll write something completely different, like a letter. Now, what that's doing is they're predicting letters and I'm thinking, well, if the spirit really is here, the spirit doesn't need to know what I'm going to say I'm going to write. They're going to come over and on the Ouija board, my team are going to go to B and say, does it mean eight? I thought you said, you know, but that has not happened. That has not worked. The team always say a number and... I'm just trying to disassociate them, stop them, you know? Mm-hmm. Trick them. I try to trick them and take them out of the equation. So that's the goal. Well, let's hope that it'll work sometime. Yeah, one mm-hmm. day. Do you have a, a place, like if, if money was no, uh, had no, it was no issue, where would, where would you like to go around the world to do an investigation? So I'm a massive fan of Destination Fear. I don't know if you've seen mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love it. So I, like America for me probably, like some of the asylums mm-hmm. and some of the, you know, the huge old hospitals that are over there it would just be, I mean, it would be absolutely terrifying, even if it wasn't haunted. But, <laughs> um, but it would be, that would probably be where I would go. I'd actually agree with you on that. I, I see those programs and think, I just want permission to go in those prisons. You know, we just we we're not funded. We just get in the same little places over here. Very very laid back. Um, a lot of teams they'll make money from doing public events. 
Yep. But we're not in that game, so we're just like asking for permission, please. And because we're so small, we don't we don't have the backing of destination fear. We can't get in these wonderful places. But that's where yeah. I'd go, yeah. Yeah. Those massive. Just to places. go into those places that look like everyone's just abandoned it, and it's yeah. it's still got the machines and the beds and the, you know, the old the the trolleys and mm. everything. That would just be amazing. What about you? What would you do? Oh, I'd love to go to Europe and pretty much any place in Europe because I want to see something really old. But I think I would love, if ever I had the money, I would like to go to Dracula's Castle because apparently you can rent the place and stay overnight. You can either sleep in a coffin or sleep in a bed. And I've always said that if ever I won the lotto, I would love to rent the castle for at least two weeks bring a bunch of paranormal friends with me, um, either if they're podcasters or investigators, whatever. We'll just investigate the castle and perhaps record at the same time um, what our experiences are. And, and I think I think that for me would be the place that I would absolutely love to go. We'll make sure you save our number. Yeah. Oh, yes, for sure. Yes, yes. I have a we'll bunch of people. There. Yeah, yeah. I think every guest... You can guest... have the coffin, though. <laughs> as long as it's not already occupied, I might try it. <laughs> yeah, I've always said that every guest that I've had and any paranormal friends that I have, yeah, I'm, we're all going. <laughs> yeah, that would be great for yeah, that, that would be um, pretty interesting to get people to talk about the paranormal in Dracula's castle. Yeah. That's Is that in Transylvania? Yeah, uh, Romania? Oh, Romania. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've seen Most Haunted do that as well. I think there was a, might be a well underneath it or something. I know they had a good time over there. Yeah. Yes, but just sure. like you say, it's just... Somewhere that you've not grown up, isn't it? Some yeah. complete different architecture, just a different feeling. That's good. I think that what we were talking about, it's the size for me. Yeah. Like I can't comprehend the size of those hospitals. And you mm. see them on the shows and they, they pan out and it's like, oh, my God. You need about a week to investigate yeah. there, you know, not just 24 hours. Mm. Well, that location that uh, we went to where it was a military uh, base before and then I didn't realise it was an asylum. And I've always said... I never want to go in an asylum because of all the the energies and and emotions that the people had, you know, um, because we don't know what state of mind these people were. And, and those feelings and emotions, they're going to be trapped into the building somehow. So we go there and we have a gentleman explain to us about the history. And then they said, yeah, first it was a military base, then it was a, an asylum. And I thought... Great, just great. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it wasn't as bad as I thought. Yeah, <laughs> good. Yeah, I, th I I think maybe I just thought, well, I'm here now. It's a few hours away from home. I'm not the driver. I'm kind of stuck here, so I might as well make the best of it. Yeah, exactly. And that's what you want. You want the you want the good experiences, don't you? That's why we do yeah. it. Yeah, you want to be out of your comfort zone. I think. I'm much more I'm much more braver than I started off being. Oh, you're so brave. Crystal yeah. said to me, right, you're going down to the cellar to do a 15-minute lone vigil, and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> you hate <laughs> me. No, torch. don't send me. <laughs> Let me take the torch, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're at the end. Thank you so very much. I had a great time. Uh, before we sign off, could you tell us where the listeners could find you? 
Uh, yeah, well, we're on uh, YouTube, White House Investigations. I think you might have to type White House as one word, otherwise you'll get the American White House. But, um, <laughs> yeah, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. That's, and uh, we have a website, www.whitehouseinvestigations.co.uk, and that's got a load of old dictations of my uh, in, uh, previous investigations. So people really love reading those so check those out that's nice um yeah that that's i I like reading those as well Mm. and listeners you already know that the links will be attached in the show notes so it's easier for you to find any final thoughts from either one of you no no just great to talk to another investigator for a change a lot of the podcasters that they they into ghosts but have never investigated so yeah Yeah. well thank you thank you so much for inviting us on it's been so nice to talk to somebody who is in the same mindset yeah Yeah. Yeah. well hopefully someday i'll one of us will go uh, across the pond and meet each other that would be really nice that would be great yeah Yeah, definitely thank you so much take care thank you thank you bye Well, we've made it to the end of another episode. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, take care of each other. And if you'd like to be on the show or have questions and comments, just drop me an email, paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Paranormal Heart would like to extend a special thank you to PurplePlanet.com for supplying the music for the show. The views and opinions expressed on Paranormal Heart are those of the host and participants.